Chapter 19 of The Road to Mandalay. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. The Road to Mandalay by Bithia Mary Croker. Chapter 19 Chaff. It was Thursday, the station holiday. A capital paper chase had recently engaged the entire community. The pace had been unusually severe. The obstacles large and formidable, especially the notorious log jump, and casualties were not a few. Shafto and Fitzgerald, on hot and heaving horses, had only halted for a moment at the hospitable finish, where refreshments were being served, as care for their precious steeds was taking them and their animals home. After an unusually long silence, Fitzgerald exclaimed, apropos of nothing in particular, "'So sits the wind in that quarter?' Shafto turned his head and met a pair of knowing Irish eyes. "'That quarter,' repeated Fitzgerald, indicating the red-tiled roof of the Krause's bungalow, where it peeped out from amid a solid mass of palms and bamboos. "'I haven't the remotest idea what you're driving at,' said Shafto impatiently. "'Is it a bit of dialogue in a play you are rehearsing?' "'No, me boy, that is fiction. This is fact. In my official capacity I am bound to take notes, and within the last week I have twice met you early of a morning, riding with Miss Lee. No third party visible to the naked eye. In fact, you were there before the rest of the crowd.' "'And, of course, the early bird gets the worm.' "'And which is the worm, Miss Lee or I?' "'Oh, yes, you may try to laugh it off, "'but there's some reason for these early teatees. "'The reason is as plain as the stick in my hand. "'No, I beg its pardon. "'The re reason is uncommonly pretty. "'Fitzgerald, you are talking most blatant bosh. "'Maybe I am, and maybe I am not. And, let me tell you, you're not the only string to the lady's bow. She has as many as a harp. There's Fotheringay, the A.D.C., there's Captain Howe, there's Bernhard. <laughs> Bernhard's a beast, burst out Shafto. Naturally, you would think so. It's only human nature. But Otto is a handsome man, and has a fine seductive voice, and mind you, music has charms. To soothe the breast, savage or otherwise. As for your prospects, you may apply to me for a testimonial of character. Steady, sober. There, Fitz, that's enough. Drop it. Drop it, repeated Fitz, with a laugh. Don't get your frills out, old boy. I mean no harm. She is by a long way the prettiest girl in the place. That will do, exclaimed Chafto impatiently. Leave the ladies alone, or if you must discuss them, what about the little American, Miss Bliss? You danced with her half the night at the last Cinderella. Ah, now I suppose you think you're carrying the war into the enemy's quarter, don't ye? Dancing is not compromising, like solitary rides with the girl before the world is warm, and Miss Bliss, by name and nature, is the only girl in Rangoon who can do a decent turkey trot. Now, as to Miss Lee, oh, for goodness sake, leave Miss Lee alone, and talk about something else. Talk about horses. 
talk about horses repeated fitzgerald in a teasing voice and if he isn't blushing up to his ears i'll tell you what young shafto it's a treat to see a real blush in this part of the world blushing is rare in burma and i'd just like to have your colored photograph continued fitzgerald whose methods of chaff were as rude and crude as those of any schoolboy come don't let's have any more of this fitz or you and i will quarrel fitzgerald grinned from ear to ear delighted at the rise he had taken out of his companion touched his cap and said all right your honor but to himself he added by jingo it's serious well well however he's as poor as a rat and that's a great comfort comfort was constituted by the fact that in these circumstances there could be no immediate prospect of a break-up of the congenial chummery see here mr shafto on your high horse if you promise not to trail your coat and frighten me i'll tell you something that will interest you i know you've been poking around with roscoe and diving into queer places are you as keen as ever i am of course rejoined shafto still stiff and unappeased well then i can show you a quarter where roscoe has never dared to stick his nose a cocaine den no really surely you couldn't take me in there i can so as one of my subordinates i am looking for evidence in a murder case i'll lend you a coat and all you will have to do is look wise and hold your tongue this is most awfully good of you exclaimed shafto and i needn't tell you i'll go like a shot oh i'm good now am i jeered fitzgerald but joking apart this will be an experience not like puppet plays and dances but a black tragedy yes i suppose so i know it's pretty awful cocaine smuggling is playing the very devil with the country and there's no denying that but can't you do something to stop it is it stop it you might just as well try to stop the irrawaddy with a pitchfork and it's growing worse there are some big people in it the hidden hand company who keep out of sight pay the money employ the tools and collar the swag they have agents all over this province as well as india china and the straits where does the stuff come from it's chiefly manufactured in germany though some comes from england what you don't mean that i always thought it was concocted out here tis little ye know it is mostly sent in from hamburg and in all manner of clever ways the smugglers are as cute as foxes and up, up to every mortal dodge a lot of the contraband is done by native crews of course without the knowledge of the ship's officers hydrochloride of cocaine travels in strong paper envelopes between fragile goods or in larger quantities in false bottoms of boxes under plates in the engine room or in the bulkheads but how could they possibly land the stuff inquired shafto easier than you think there are lots of nice lonely sequestered coves where goods can be put ashore of a dark night or dropped carefully overboard hermetically sealed with an empty tin canister as a float and picked up at daybreak by a friendly sampan 
Of course, the customs house officers have to be reckoned with from the moment a ship enters until she leaves port, but sometimes in this drowsy climate a man falls asleep in his long chair, and here is the serang's chance, the serang being the head and leader of the crew. The contraband is quickly lowered in gunny-bags to the sampans and carried off in triumph to its destination. However, not long ago, the customs made a haul of twelve hundred ounces. Out here cocaine sells for six pounds an ounce. So that was a nice little loss, and yet only a drop in the ocean. For every grain that is seized, a pound enters the market. Oh, I'd make my fortune if I could run one of those foxes to earth. I wish you could, said Shafto. Have you no clue, no suspicions? Hundreds of suspicions, but no clue. There's a fellow in a sampan who unnecessarily hoists the white umbrella. I have my best eye on him, and there is said to be a broken-down, past-mending motor-launch in a creek beyond Kimmendine, which I propose, when I have a chance, to overhaul on the quiet. Chinese steamers plying between Japan and Rangoon run stacks of contraband. As soon as one method of landing is discovered, they find another. Their ingenuity is really interesting to watch. The chief smugglers are never caught, only their satellites, who get about four months' jail, and never blow the gaff. If they did, I wouldn't give much for their lives. Do you mean to tell me that their employers wouldn't stick at murder? cried Shafto, aghast. They stick at nothing. A murder done second-hand is quite cheap and easy. Just a stab with a da or long knife, and the body flung into the Irrawaddy. You know the pace of that racing current and how it tells no tales. Well, here we are. You see, for once, I can discourse of other things than horses. And, talking of horses, these fellows had better have a brand mash apiece. But once you get me on cocaine smuggling, I warn you, I can jaw till my mouth is as dry as a lime kiln. End of chapter 19